Welcome in, man. Welcome to the Forty Culture Podcast. This is your boy Ringo. You got Grego here, Coach Tony. Man, what's up, guys? We're back live on the air. Last week, you know, we posted two episodes for y'all. Yeah. We posted a throwback episode shouting out to, you know, the women's game we did a couple weeks ago. Also, we got the audio for a radio show that we did last week here in Atlanta area. Man, how you guys been, man? Have you watched any soccer lately? Man, there's so much soccer going it's on. Too much. It's a, it's a, it's absurd. It's too much. It's absurd. But this is a good problem to have. I, yeah, I guess so. It used to be hard to watch soccer. Exactly. And, and then once again, MLS had the nerve to throw in some games. I'm like, stop, stop that. Because the season has to end by Labor Day, man. That's your top five league. Top five league, man. We may get to it. We may talk about it. We'll see. Man, what's on the rundown, Grego? Man, we got a pretty nice episode, man. We got uh, Kiana Martin from Eat Soccer TV from New York. Uh, she's going to be on the show with us tonight. Brat. I don't know if you've heard, you know, it's a little bit of controversy over the weekend. We'll get into that while we're talking to her. You know, Ringo. What's the, up, brother? The, the faithful black and gold in Mexico. They still stand and they still strong in the They're U.S. Strong. Open Cup. I'm telling you, man, if you invest in lower league football, they will come out and show out. Yeah, I mean, it's actually pretty cool. It's uh, them in St. Louis that are still rocking from the USL as far did, as the U.S. Open Cup. I mean, why? I mean, but did you see that the um, their sponsor is going to fly people to Minnesota to go see the oh, game man. live? That's like that's that, my hope that that. Uncle Arthur was going to would do for us like no if we if we make MLS Cup again and it's and it's far away from home like yeah just just let's go ahead and fly us out. Yo, man. I mean I'm, I'm struggling with like I've I've been I've been on his I've been on his I've been on his jet he he has room so like there's room on the jet man he can fly some people out man, man weird flex. Excuse me, excuse me. Hey man, Ray, I post a photo. I'll show y'all. I mean, he's already in the locker room. <laughs> in the locker room, man, Atlanta United Training Ground. I've been telling you about it. Oh, I went on Atlanta United Training Ground tour. What was that? Week or two two weeks ago. Yeah. And I'm roaming around getting the personal tour from Darren Hill's assistant. And it was like, oh, thanks for doing this and everything. I walk right through that walkway, right where the players walk through every single day. Every day. And I see your ugly mug on the wall. Every day. Big, they, they, and you the biggest. <laughs> Person listen, on that wall listen, there. I do it for I the culture. I don't know if that's your ego. <laughs> hey, I do it for the culture. Every day, every day, Joseph looks at me as I'm gonna score for him. <laughs> every day, you know, he walked out with Memphis, but he scores for me. <laughs> they see you every day. Every day. But man, what else we talking about? They, they go, they go see you like one day after you be like, yo. <laughs> That's gonna make my day. I'm telling you, you know, I'm like, you know what, God, you take me now, man. I'm fighting him. I hate what he has to say about me. <laughs> Talks blasphemy. What else? We and got? now that's not top five. <laughs> oh, and you know, in case you know you haven't noticed, there is the other USA team is playing too in the Gold Cup. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, them, it. yeah, them. Oh, yeah. Actually, you know, and they actually won you, by you, a amount. You talking about Canada? <laughs> hey. They do it right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they, they, they Although the women bowed out, just what was it? They bowed out with quarterfinals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah on, on Monday, yeah, yeah, they lost out on Monday too. It's basically just you know the, the, the U.S. and the and the, the U.S. and the and the Europeans. That's, That's it. it. I'm telling you, USA versus Europe. Yeah, I'm telling you, USA versus Europe, man. Let's go. Uh, we start 
start this conversation? Hey, we could talk about it. I didn't know if we were going Gold Cup or we talking about World Cup. Let's do Gold Cup. Like, so we're going to say something to uh, Women's World okay. Cup for, for Kiana. But yeah. So let's talk about the Gold Cup. I mean, I mean, United States, we had had two comfortable wins. Yeah. You guys can't hate on the United States. The system seems like it's working. Well, here's what happens when you actually have two. You had the same lineup two games in a row. Like, like we haven't done that in shit like since like Obama was president. Yeah, facts, <laughs> big facts. Well, it, it's good to see that you know Burhalter's system is kind of working right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, despite you know it was against Trinidad and Tobago this week, and oh, then it was does that count as revenge? That's what this, this whole six zero. That's revenge. No way, uh, bro. Wait, it's not a revenge tour. I don't care what you say. It's not a revenge tour type of thing. Because we didn't it's, stop them getting somewhere. I mean, there's that part, but at the same time, at the end of the day, it was like they did stop us from getting to the most coveted tournament. Mm-hmm. Right now, that game did not have the same weight. Now it feels good as far as confidence. It's yeah. a confidence boost. You ever have like you ever been in one of those rampage rooms where you just like relieve all the all the stress and everything? That's what it right. felt like. Like you just kept on scoring goes like fuck it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I didn't make you it ever. <laughs> you ever smashed that one that you always been trying to get and you finally got it? It was like oh, I really didn't want it, but now that I got it, it's a relief. No, no, no it never no, happened. No. All right, never happened. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I guess that was just me. <laughs> but, I mean, it was good. I mean, shouts out to, I mean, Zardes, man. I think someone on his burner account was coming at me on Twitter, man. I think he was coming at we me on his, hard time. Yeah. We tough time. on his burner account. But you, you can't deny it. Got a brace in this one. Um, he scored in the last one off his face. Like, I mean, Zardes, he, he, I mean, he's doing what Burhalter wants him to do is to be a true number 10. Well, he, I mean. Nine. I mean nine. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, True like, number whoa, nine. Whoa, 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 sorry, he is a number that, that's nine. That's a second. He did. And he did his thing yeah, too. Pulisic yeah, did his thing. Oh man, did you see that movie down the sideline? Yeah, when yeah, head yeah, boy? yeah, yeah. Woo. But it's it's impressive. We play Panama next. Yeah, t- yeah, on Wednesday. Yeah. Can we talk about Trinidad's jerseys? Why well, we got the big numbers in the front? Yeah, like the whole direct number jersey. <laughs> <laughs> What's up with that, Trinidad? Come on, y'all. It's looking like some YMCA stuff, man. I mean, you know, the, the budget ain't the same as ours. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk about, you know, our rival in the region, Mexico. I mean, they – I mean, I don't want to say squeaked by with a 2-4 win, but, like – Well, Martinique, you know. Yeah, that, I mean, that, Martinique, that was, that was a surprise. Like, yeah. Martinique's not and a they had a sick goal. Yeah, they're not a big that heavyweight. Free that free kick was sick. So I'm hoping that the U.S. had a lot of tape and saw how Martinique broke through that Mexican back line. Because I mean, the way it's looking, we probably will be seeing them in the final. Well, let me well, let me ask you guys on this real quick. Because of course, for the first two games for the U.S., we've had Zardes uh, uh, up top for the U.S. Are y'all liking him up front, or would y'all? Be willing to go back to Josie. Josie got glass knees. I'm good on Josie. Foot. You got he's got like, glass everything. Foot. He got a he got a brick foot and glass knees. Yeah, like I, honestly, it's like Josie. Thank you for your service, but it's time to go with the Ute. My Ute. You gotta go with the Ute dog. You're like he was part of two cycles. It's like yeah, but he's still just he's still, that's that's a crazy still part. Only, what, 27? He's not even thirty. It's like, yeah. that's, like he's been around for a long time. He has, but at the end of the day, it's what have you done for me lately? That's the name of the song. It's Josie. Like I, I'm sorry, man. Move but, on. But I, th- I think the thing there is that you know, given how long he's been around, and the fact that uh, you know, for the most part, I think that you could, you're you're going to get what you're going to get. But at the same time, from what we've seen from all the other strikers that mm-hmm. we played in the past years, like okay. 
for what he offers, he still does that a lot better than pretty much anyone else that we have. So it's really just a matter of can we get uh, those upcoming strikers like Sargent and Weya and uh, and Soto from the from the under twenties. You know, can we get those guys to the point to where we can go ahead and rely on you guys? Cause we talked about that during the last time we were we were at the Fry House. You know, like we have these kids. Okay, like we need you to step up sooner rather than later. Like we can't wait until you turn like twenty three, twenty four. Like we need you like tomorrow. Yeah, but how do you trust them? If you're not giving them a chance to play, that's, I mean, that's the kind of the problem with the the men's and the women's game. It's like we have so much young talent out here, but it's like we're still playing these people that are 36, Mm -hmm. you know. Who have a hundred plus? Caps. Yeah, hundred plus caps. It's like that's a yo, yo, the number of caps that w- that women get. It's, it's like it's, 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 it's obscene. They have no trust in the youth system. They don't. None. They don't. Well, we'll save talking about the women's game yeah, for a little, a little later. But but, um, but yeah, I think that you know, just given Josie's experience, you know, I, 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 him and Bradley kind of like in, the, in the same bin where it's like, okay, they're not. Old. You know, you're not. Yeah, old, old, and you, and they still have the quality that I think that you can, you can rely on. Because like that, that cross I set up by Zardes' goal, the one to Lima, and uh, he crossed over to, to Zardes. Like, we don't have any midfielders that would really make that that pass aside from probably Tyler Adams, Darlington Nagby. You know what? That's a, that's that's a good that's a good one. Dude. I know. Yeah, I know. It's there. The thing is, we we have a, a our depth in some of these positions and he's is right deep there, enough. And he's right there at at the age where I was like, okay, like he's a guy that could bat, that should bat during the twenty twenty two. He so, should. It, he should be playing in Qatar like Michael Bradley. Oh, like cool. He doesn't have that step he has anymore. Maybe fall, like put. I think, my, he, I think it's like, like he's like Parkhurst for us. Like yeah, you know, it's like. But that's what I'm saying. Maybe slot him into. Uh, is it? I want to make sure I got it right. Number six, the defensive. Defensive, defensive mid, man. yeah, defensive slide Bradley there and put a more attack minded midfielder in there that could actually facilitate the attack, but also defend, yeah. like you know, like a Tyler Adams, like yeah. a like a Darlington Nagby, mm-hmm. like players like that. Like that's what we need, and we need young players of color on this team because oh. I mean, shh, oh. mm. you know, that's personally. That's I know what, a country that has plenty of young players I, of color. I do too. I, I, I do too. It looks very diverse. They've lifted some silverware because of that. I, I, I know a team that has nothing but color. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know a team with a lot of color. Yeah. <laughs> and they both speak the same language. So, what are the odds, you know? But so I just hope that Burhalter rotates his team correctly because we should make it to the final in the Gold Cup. Especially how we've performed in these two games. I mean, no, you disagree. I mean, because I, I look at like, like, of course, we'll talk about the, the women's team more in depth. But like, you take like the women's team for example. You had the thirteen nil win against uh, Thailand, and then they go against Spain. It's like, yeah, it's a little tighter. You know, like because the the, the, the oh, Spain they, is good. Yeah, Spain, and then, no, they got a youthful team. Spain is really good, and that's yeah. the thing. Like, I think mean, I want to. Get to it. Very youthful team, very good team. And the positions that where we talk about youth should have been there. Youth was Jill Ellis did not have youth there that could keep up with these girls. Yeah. But then you have, but then you have like with the men. Like I said, it's Guyana and Trinidad. Like they, those are teams that we should be beating pretty handily for the most part. So it's like, okay, are we falling into a false sense of okay, like we can, we can, we should be able to handle this with no problem, mm-hmm. or you know, if, when because I think Panama should be actually be a pretty accurate gauge as far as like where, where we're going to be going into the knockout stage because yeah panama they're still they're getting a little older but at the same time they still have that quality yeah but this is the oldest panama team we face in the past three cycles that, mm-hmm. that's the thing so panama we really won't get the real test until the round of 16 yeah 
So until then, we really won't know what the U.S. national team, the men's team, is really made of. But we'll see. We play Panama on Wednesday. Wednesday tomorrow evening. Yes, yeah, so and when y'all, when before y'all watch watch the watch the game, listen to us. That's it. Let us know what you think. Send us your predictions at FTC UTD. But, yeah. but um, have you watched uh, any part of the Copa America? That's been real spicy. It, can I be honest with y'all? I, I cannot. It's just, it's just us in here, man. Listen, us and a couple near dear friends on the show. But, like, I can't watch soccer in Spanish. Like, I don't know why. I get, plus. I, I get, huh? You're Spanish plus. I don't have, I have kids. Remember Once, he said he was waiting until the Disney merger yeah. happens. And like, <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Then when it's 14 bucks, yeah, I'm just going to get exactly. it together. But, like, I, you know, I want to get ESPN+. Plus, But, like, I can't. I, I keep trying to watch Copa America. Mm-hmm. And, like, I turn to it. And it's something about the commentators. Like, they they actually talk more than American commentators. And I have no – I wanted to hear the color mm-hmm. commentary. But I have no idea what the fuck they're saying because I'm just I'm not cultured enough. So, the funny thing there is that – So, the fun uh, fact about me. Sorry. <laughs> the, just the plenty thing. of fun facts about you. I know. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what? Right, we ain't gonna just really do this last week. Yo, thanks for for the Juneteenth cookout, man. We appreciate it. It's that, about man. to be an annual event. It's gonna be a vibe. Next year's gonna be bigger and better. So if you fuck with me, you need to hit me up early for an invite. I was looking for the ice cream man though. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was looking for the leopard print too, but you know, hey, ice cream man was in the party, man. Y'all ain't even knew it. <laughs> <laughs> That's oh. why it was lit. Yeah, shouts out to Leopard Print. You know, the, the culture the culture loves some leopard. Let's say that. <laughs> but um, but no, I, I, for, I've, I've been able to catch up with it, and Argentina's been struggling like crazy. Yeah. Like, they just they squeaked, squeaked in, by Japan, right? Mm-hmm. No, yeah. Uh, they squeaked by uh, Cutter. Uh, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, because somehow Cutter's in, in South America. But, you know, you know Japan, too. Yeah, well, Japan well, got because an actual everyone invite. knows Copa America <clears throat> gives two invites yeah. every competition. Well, no, they, they expanded this year because now it's like, I think it's like, no, no, we, we no, Gold Cup, Gold Cup expanded this. Mm-hmm. They still have two. So, yeah, Cutter and Japan. Yeah. Yeah, now, now Japan got a, got a straight-up invite. We all know how Cutter ended up ended up getting up here. Dollar, dollar bills, y'all. That's what we saw. Boy, got but you know what? Actually, Cutter. Oh uh, yeah, but Cutter that did actually, happen during our break. Yep. But Cutter did not. They actually didn't embarrass themselves. Like, like, because you got to talk about they won the Asian Cup back in January. So, of course, how they did that, I have no idea. Because anyone, anyone who saw, I no, it wasn't the Confederations Cup. It was a tournament that they had last year that like they just straight up stunk up the place. And then he went from that to an Asian Cup in January. Now they went to Copa America. Like, so they, they held their own. But it's funny, like when you get like cor- corruption money, yeah, how well you can like, fund your program. He, he's acting like this is organically. Yeah, like happened. they just yeah. they developed a youth program <laughs> in in freaking in that Qatar. Years. That's right, it. They didn't right. have they didn't have stadiums, but now all of a sudden the world beaters. And they, Coincidence? And like how come you can't interview any of your players? They, they speak Portuguese. So like, <laughs> they, don't, they, don't, they, don't, they don't speak no Portuguese. They speak they speak Qatar. They speak. Yeah, but shouts out to Michelle Platini that cut the check for Qatar. Oh, I hope you don't drop the soap, brother. Oh man, that I, I remember when that when that story first came out, and it's kind of crazy. Like when you think about, because you got to think about, like you know, just over like thirty, thirty five years ago, this guy was like the man in soccer. Mm-hmm. You know, like he was the best player in the world, leading France to the uh, Euro uh, eighty four, I believe. And it was held in France, you know, winning Champions League. Well, it was still the European Cup with, with Juventus. Like, he was that dude. So you go from that 
you were the president of UEFA, the European uh, region, to basically being Blatter's right-hand man. And as soon as everything go, comes down with, with FIFA, you you get dumped, Blatter gets dumped, and here you are, you're not getting busted for giving checks to get uh, cut at the World Cup in 2022. Uh-huh. Like, that's an amazing fall from grace. But power, that's the thing. Power corrupts all, man. It's like when you somebody says, yo, you have this essentially unlimited budget that there is no audits, there is no oversight committee that, that audits FIFA. That's so it's like I could do whatever I want. And no one can stop me. So that's why so many of these people that are in leaders in positions of power in FIFA on every continent are yeah. corrupt. Is because there's nobody checking them. Yeah, I get it. Throw me in there. I ain't gonna lie. I'm gonna be like Chuck Blazer. I'm gonna have an apartment for my cats. <laughs> <laughs> but no, because like you know, the FIFA is bigger than the UN. Like people need to understand. Like, like they're how, a, they're a world power. Yeah, like they are like pretty much like the biggest entity. On, just about on this planet, you know, and so they can pretty much do whatever they want and not get checked. And like that's I mean, why, the like, USA they, literally the, go- the U.S. government hasn't even been able to fuck with them. Yeah, and as soon as uh, forty five came in, it was like, I'm not worried about that. I'm gonna go ahead and get this World Cup. Please, <laughs> please. <laughs> it's like, like, like these are my brothers, these are my cousins, man. Like we, we operate in the same room. Yeah, man. That's so, pissing on everybody. Yeah. Oh God. That's my bad. Sorry. That's <laughs> oh. the, the Henny hitting. <laughs> hitting. My bad. This episode is brought to you by <laughs> Hennessy. Very special cognac. But no, I mean, you know, that that type of uh, behavior is like that. That's just like the norm for them. It's like you know, who's going to check them? Who's going to check them? At the end of the day, man. But Copa. So I think. Um, when we talk about Copa America, Argentina faces Venezuela next, right? Yes, yes. So, so we, we, we won't have Joseph for, for Yo, the week. Yeah, Joseph Martinez versus uh, Lionel Messi. Yeah, man. You oh. got, you got, who think who you guys think will score first in this one? Let's go. Well, shit. Joseph still ain't even scored. He still scored. No, he, he, he no, has he's won. Not starting. He's not he's starting. Subbing. But he scored. He yeah. has one goal in the tournament. So yeah. he's a super sub. Well, you guys it. love super subs. Because Messi has had it. You guys let one lead your your your, your club. This guy. Told this y'all guy. the decision's coming soon. <laughs> <laughs> but Messi's been having a, a pretty rough Copa America. Like you know, I think Messi that- hates playing for Argentina. Like we always keep, we want him to be great, Grego. Like he never looks happy. He hates being home. Yeah, like he never looks happy. Messi. Like the thing Messi fucked up with is what Diego Costa did. Messi should have did that one time transfer to Spain, and he would have been much happier human being. I think agree or disagree, possibly. Nah, I don't think it's possible. I think it's fact. <laughs> he grew. He's he's he played for Barcelona when he was eight, Dude, like 13, 13. So He's so majority of his life he has been a Spaniard and yeah. a Catalanian. I, I a think, Catal- how do you say Catalonian? Catalonian. I think the pressure and the weight of the comparison to Maradona has always just ate at his heart mm-hmm. because Maradona's a god there, mm-hmm. and always the comparisons were there. Because and even, and even Maradona, wait, 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 Maradona's always done great club wise, yep. yeah. and even phenomenal on the on the national. He led Napoli yeah. to it, so it's serious. So I'm saying so to do both for club and country. Yeah, mm-hmm. and Messi has always dominated club. They ain't done shit because he does not resonate. That's what I'm saying. He's, he's not Argentinian. Yeah, like he, he, like he's more he, Spanish. He, he's more he, Spanish. He's the type of guy like they talk about the same thing with with Brazilian players. How you know those who end up leaving Brazil early to go to Europe, like it's like they lose like like the essence of what makes their mm-hmm. play 
truly Brazilian. Same thing with Jamaicans. Same thing with um, what's the other what's the other country? Never mind. Keep going. But there's a lot of there's a lot of countries where like the the federations don't have enough local talent, so they get these kids that are by nationality by birth, right. and they don't have a real connection. But these kids want to play for their parents, so the you know the parents would be proud of them. Mm-hmm. So you can say my parents came from here, and this is why I'm going to play here. Mm-hmm. I think I mean, America's done that a couple times. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. 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 Several Germans, you know. You know, we, uh, you know what? Though? <laughs> that, that is something I have noticed. Even though we did have, we did get a Tyler Boyd because he came from, he switched from New Zealand to the U.S. Like, and he's actually done pretty well, which is wild. Uh, like right away, yeah, uh, like, with us. Like, he's definitely, like he, he basically him. said, "Oh, y'all ain't gonna notice me. You'll yeah. see." Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> Hold my drink. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I think that you know, Messi has always had that type of disconnect to where and it's funny because like they always give. Messi to credit in Barcelona, but I'm like, okay. Last I checked, Spain didn't Spain won a World Cup and, and two Euros without Messi, mm-hmm. and he and they had Iniesta, they had Xavi, they had uh, mm-hmm. Puyos, they had Busquets. Like, and, like imagine how Messi feels in the in that locker room. It's like after that World Cup, after that Euro, everyone's all happy. They're proud to be hey, Spanish. What, what'd you do this summer? <laughs> no, nothing. <laughs> it's like. It's like we we fell out of the Copa America again. Oh, Messi! <laughs> <laughs> oh. Sorry, chap. But yeah, but I, I think that uh, Colombia's um, been doing pretty good in the in the Copa. Uh, Brazil, they it took a little bit, you know, for them to get going because uh, the Copa America's in Brazil this year, and so like they've kind of still been, yeah, I, I think. Them adjusting to life without Neymar has been interesting, but I think they're starting to kind of click because yeah, I think that them not having to worry about Neymar has been been great. Yeah, I mean that's usually the distraction most of the time. Yeah, and he, and he still managed to be a distraction. Uh, you, you heard about uh, PSG saying like, "Hey, hey, hey, Man United, we'll like we'll give you Neymar." Yeah, we even talked about that, man. I, I know like, we haven't talked about United in a, in a minute, but I'm like, I, I saw that. Uh, earlier today, and I was like, "Like, why would if we can't handle Pogba, we damn sure damn can't, sure can't can handle can. Neymar." Yeah. I'm like, that that whole idea was like, oh, no. not to be contrarian, but honestly, I think the structure and the the history of Manchester United could really help Neymar get his career back on track because there's so many old heads of the club that are still around that like say, "This is how we are supposed to act. This is what we are supposed to do." And I think Neymar to me, he seems like he's just so desperate for attention all the time that he wants that approval. So he's like, "If these guys that I grew up watching, you know, are paying attention to me and things like that, I think it could help Neymar's career." Um, what do y'all think? I well, first of all, I, I first look at like the stats of a Brazilian at Man, in England, in England, period. In England, period. But then at at Man U, as far like you know, last one was uh, what's his name with the fake dreads, uh, fake braids. Oh, Anderson. Yeah, Anderson. <laughs> Put the extensions in his head. Yeah, Brexit. There's been a couple other Brazilians. And he had the nappiest locks. Too. Like, it was like, like you gonna have extensions and they look nappy all the time. All the time. What is this? Like, are you that rich? You just can't get somebody to just get you a fresh. A fresh braid real he, quick. Yeah, you know what, to be honest, like, he grew on me. Like, at first, I, there was a lot of pressure with him. He didn't stack up to what the billing was. And mm-hmm. then, as the time went on, I was like, okay. You know, he's solid. He ain't, he, he, there's some times. He's he not a world beater or anything. But, you know, of course, he left. You know, I don't think I, anyone's heard from him. Never ever, so. heard from him. Never heard. But, so, back to your point, like, 
there's always that struggle of the cultural thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Manchester, if you come to Manchester, you're not coming for the city. Yeah. You're not coming for the life. And to go from Brazil to Paris, and then you're going to Manchester? Nah, bro. Like, that's going to be a nice little culture shock. Yeah. So you have that aspect. But, you know, depending on if he's found whatever higher power he believes in, and he's ready to change his ways or something like that, then sure, by all means. So right now, Anderson is playing in Turkey at Adana Demispor. Okay. Yeah. Where'd they finish last season? Uh, Sixth. That's pretty good. Shouts out to Anderson. Is he playing? Uh, That's the next question. How many appearances he got? Come on, come on, pull up the market wire. Come on. He had he had about eleven appearances. You know, we 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 got two international slots available. (laughs) (laughs) Stop trying to fill our roster, man. We do have we do have a. a, I know we got an international spot open up. No, but as far as like the public thing, you know, this little brief little United talk. I say we sell him. You say you sell Pogba? Yeah. Yeah. Why? you sold him before. Here's my, no, here's my thing. Oh, no, no. Said, he left on a free. Let him. He was free. Yes. Here's, here's my thing. I've always said this, and this was even when we had Ronaldo. If someone doesn't want to be there, then by all means, don't mm. force it. Don't force them. Don't. I don't, I'm not going to do the thing of like, we're going to play as like, oh, I want some attention. Convince me to be here. Make me captain. Oh, give me a 500000 a week raise. Oh, if I wouldn't give you 500000 a week, yeah, bro, you better be guaranteed goal, two goals a game. So I mean, if he doesn't want to be there... We had our time with him. I love him. I always will. Mm-hmm. But if you, you can't, if someone doesn't want to be there, then buy. So let's I, I sell him. Get our money. Be smart because already it's been rumored that we have a hundred mil as far just as just a hundred million, which is bullshit. Which is nothing nowadays. Yeah. Because now you get defenders for a hundred mil. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So if you're going to talk about any maneuver, did I take my maneuver, pocket money? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I say sell Pogba. The head thing is going to get a little tricky. No, I think I think he's staying. I think, I think yeah, you know, I think because really stay. like there's really nowhere that he can go where they can honestly afford him that doesn't already have a keeper, have a decent keeper. Yeah, because right. Real straight, Barca straight, Bayern straight. Like, uh, I, I think PSG is good. Like they uh, they start up uh, Areola, the uh, keeper, the French keeper, because Buffon yep. saying Cause he's, he's left. Yep. So and he was he's and he's younger. He's and younger and solid as fuck. I'm like, why? Like, why would you? Why would you really go out the way to get De Gea? Oh, he's not going to go to City, and he's not going to go to Chelsea because Chelsea's straight. Let's just you? confirm: Gigi Buffon is going to go play another season at Juve. What? That's, that's straight out the wire. Mm-hmm. Wow. Huh? Going back home. And, and that's nothing. Like all of the tip will be Juve for De Gea. I'm like, and I guess they're straight. They're straight on that end. So mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, like you might as well just go ahead and just stick it out, at least for now. So I, so I don't is see he going I, to be a backup. No, he'll. he'll I mean, <laughs> I mean, be, no, I'm, that's not no. crazy to say. But no, 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 oh, no, no, having a veteran uh, keeper was pretty damn solid. Uh, you talking about? Uh, no, they, they actually uh, they had the kid, uh, uh, Dean Henderson. Which, uh, he uh, was with uh, Sheffield, of course. They earned a promotion, so there's a lot of hype about him. But I mean, I don't think Romero is going to start. I think so. If if the oh, hay is there, oh, at, oh, Buffon, Buffon, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think he'll start at least half of that season, at least, because because it's because it's Buffon. Yeah, yeah. Because they had Chesney, I think, last year. Yeah. And like I said, I he did. Juve's Juve, like like he didn't were, do bad. That's yeah. what I'm saying like, that's, and that's why I, as a first, I, I think I think because you it, because it's Gigi Buffon at Juve, he's 
He's going to be starting at least a good half of those games. You play one half, he plays second half. Yeah. No, 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 no. Remember how they did with the. Real Madrid did with uh, Iker uh, that year. Uh, they won Champions League with um, him splitting time with Navas. Like he basically just started all the Champions League games, and that was bullshit. That was bullshit. I, I'm, I still say that the way that he, they handled Iker in that situation was god awful. Now, not to say anything. The way they handled Navas was awful. Navas, I mean, like same thing. You know, Navas is there. You got two badass keepers, of course, but Navas should not be going to back up anybody. Yeah, he should have gone somewhere Which else. Which is madness to me. I'm like, th- like that's just wild that you have a keeper that good. And it's backing up. I'm like, but, like, but backing up, arguably one of the best keepers in the world at the time. Yeah, yeah. That, so. That's that's just wild. And to me. club legend, who had only been. That but club. um, have, have you seen Pablo in the, in the streets though? Because you know oh, he, he Lane, Lane you know, United Heat. Yeah, like you know he. Cause you know he no, here. He's literally in the streets. He's, he's in, in the streets. Street. City earlier, man. He was in Pablo City earlier. <laughs> Posted up. He, he went to the he went to the Nipsey Hustle mural and paid his respects. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Honestly, that's the last. Oh, sorry, season. We, we get no camera yet. I'm, I'm over here posing. Like, <laughs> yeah. That was the last season. I was just Solomon in the jersey. I was like, ugh, get him out of there. I was like, get him out of that United shirt. Damn. You're like, this is, this I mean, you got, you got, you got, you got all three Pogba's. It was the brand, man. You got, like, you got all three Pogba's here in Atlanta. Matthias. Keep them apart. Yes. Okay. yes. So is he on holiday in Atlanta? Yeah. Man. Even though I heard he just got married. Is his holiday gonna be like uh Jesse uh Jesse Lingard and Rashford's holiday in Miami? Y'all heard about man, that? Man, that might be a little I don't Can know. Can we talk can Marcus Rashford put some clothes on? <laughs> it's Miami, man. Like it's like, it's like hundred degrees. Why are you gonna why are you gonna put on clothes, man? I mean, why work out if you can't show it? You know what I mean? It's true. It's true. I ain't gonna lie, like I mean uh, yeah. if so, I look like that, my shirt would be off me, all the time. This is me hate, I'm sorry. We're all over the place. Let me ask y'all about what Lingard posted on his Snapchat. Uh, it got a lot he got a lot of flat I'm right? not, but they posted it on Sky News. So <laughs> I have to report on it because we trust our news from Sky News. Oh, okay. <laughs> now we're gonna be quoting the mirror next week. <laughs> I know, right? But but so you know uh it happened last week. Rashford posted on his Snapchat. Basically, he was saying goodbye to the room that they rented out in Miami. He alluded to a lot of uh, Debauchery. sexual, Debauchery. sexual pro, pro, pro. Uh, you know, just living life yeah. down there in Miami as young men do. And a lot of people were giving him flag, talking about you're a professional. You oh, yeah. Oh, talk oh, about oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's I, what I'm talking about. Yo, yeah, okay. That shit, That's man. what I'm talking about. He got a lot of flack for it, and they said, this is not what Manchester United players do. It's and bullshit. That's what I'm saying. It's bullshit. I was no. like, the, the problem is, in this day and age, it, like I always say this, there were no, there was no social media in the early 90s, right. in the 80s. So like a lot of these people that are talking all this bullshit know that they were doing the it's same fuck, stuff. But it's a fucking double standard, because they're doing the same things when they go to Cabo. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? When they're going on their spring breaks. And doing the same thing against shit faced and everything. Yes. I mean, like, but a young black man should carry himself he, a little bit differently. It, it, it kills me that we hold our athletes to a higher standard than we hold our politicians. Because they're heroes. You know what I'm saying? Like this is because when's the last time somebody said Beto O'Rourke is my hero? I'll wait. There, there's some. There's Where's some. Where's your cricket? Where's your cricket? <laughs> exactly. No, so I know. I agree with you. I'm just saying it's like this is ridiculous that we're expecting, you know, perfection. Perfection from footballers Kids. that are in their prime and have a shit ton of money, and we're expecting them to be like, "No, I'm gonna go to the library during holiday, yeah. and uh, I'm gonna work on my game." Well, yes, but at the same time, work hard, play hard. 
What's wrong with that? Well, so this what was, is wrong with so that? So that was part of the argument about them doing that, and the other thing was like how they performed during this season. It was like instead of out here fucking, you should be out here working out. Okay, so that, and that was those were two same, arguments that people were having. Same thing, journalists. Same thing. Do your job correctly. Gather all the facts. Do mm. your due diligence, mm. and then you can come at me with that same shit. Wow. Hey. Oh, my bad. I wasn't trying to get on my soapbox. But. That's all I say about that one. <laughs> but no, I think that, like, let them live their life, you know. Like, I mean, they got, like, what, a couple more weeks before they got to they report back anyway for training. Training uh, starts back up, you know, first week of July. So, I mean, if they ain't hurting nobody, I ain't tripping. I'm really not. So... Whatever it is that people want to bitch about, you know, it's like there's enough shit for people to bitch about. You know, we got we got Lizzo playing trucking and playing the fruit flute at the same time. Like, you know, like it's it's nothing, man. It's nothing. Lizzo. <laughs> First time I seen her at the BET Awards, I was like, who is this? <laughs> you know, actually, you got, you got, said, you got, you got you an introduction. <laughs> during that, I said something more positive. I said it is good. There is a new look in female hip hop. Mm-hmm. It's a different Absolutely. look, and that is good Absolutely. for the state of hip hop and the state of women rappers. And that's what I said originally. And then, and then, you, and then you, and you said, "What's this?" <laughs> I mean, like I said, is is she is so body positive about, about what she does? She oh, owns. I the love fuck, her energy. Like, she she, lo- she loves the fuck out of herself, and that's and that's hot in the streets. Yeah. And you know, but when she busted that flute, I was like, "Oh, hey, so seriously." Where did the flute come from? I don't know. I rewatched it. I didn't see anyone hand her a flute. I think, I think she pulled it out. Where? where pulled out where? She pulled Where, where she, she pulled out Ringo? Listen, we're not on video. Can you describe to the audience what you were doing? I believe right she pulled the flute out of the air. Out of the air? Yeah. So she's doing magic tricks. She's there, Bender. Uh, okay. All right. All right. <laughs> what else we got? Um, before we go into our interview with uh, Keanu Martin, we did want to... Um, Give a quick shout out for Real Madrid finally getting a women's team. Did you know they, they, they did drop the stack for like a women's a, team. Yeah, I must say, did they get one or did they just they got one? They took they, one they, first they, of they, all, they bought they bought it seems the like team. Hundred years too late. I mean, you know, they they, they responded to the pressure because there was talk okay. you know, earlier in the year where it's like, okay, let's punish these guys. Yo, producer, take a mark down when they win the the women's La Liga. I want to hear Tony talking about how great Real Madrid is. Talking about this. Oh, they, they gonna have to buy like like. Oh, I'm not talking. It, about, I'm it, it can't be like a poor Real Madrid. Like it has to be like a like yeah. Real Madrid. No, like, so so they have to seriously, buy. they should cut the check for every top women. So they gotta player. buy like, like oh. buy like half of the American women. Yes. <laughs> no, honestly, I t- I was talking to my homeboy Brian. Shout out. We said like every women on our national team, mm-hmm. since they're considered some of the best players right now, their agents should be on the phone right now with Real Madrid. Right now, talking about what do I gotta do to get her over here? No, I cut the check. I I I, will, I hope they're gonna be balling. Yeah, I, please by all means. Why my is it too only. Late? My only thing is this: it's crazy, it's yeah, it's crazy that we have these top tier clubs mm-hmm. in Europe, mm-hmm. and I'm talking about Real Madrid, mm-hmm. Manchester United's first women's season was this season. Yeah, yeah. these are the richest hey, clubs. Okay, and it's just now having one of the teams. And We're the reason all... why I'm saying like other teams that don't have as much money uh-huh. have been. Funding both men's and women's programs. Yes. Yeah. So yes, you want to know why? It's supply and demand. 
There was no demand for the women's game in these cities, and that's why these teams did so not. Sound like Getafe and all these other. But teams you know what? That, but you know what's wild? Yes, there was a demand because it was like our men's team isn't that great. Let's fill the women's Bro, team. You're talking Let's about them fucking Madrid. This is supply <laughs> and demand. So there was t- no dem- until Real nope. Madrid saw that Barcelona ladies is that the name of the team? Yeah, Barca ladies. Yeah. Until Barca ladies, they saw the the, the, the turnout no. for the Barca ladies. They said, "Oh shit, people like Rigo, this. Rigo. Let's cut the check." I got this. That's why it's not how? supply and demand. It's how? a thing of if you're going to acknowledge how is, that. How long has Barca that. ladies been around? So let me ask you this. If you're basing it off of that logistics and you're basing it on that, mm-hmm. then that's the same thing of, and I'm not, I'm, I'm just putting this grenade out there. Hold up. Because if we're talking about supply and demand and we talk about people supporting the women's game, mm-hmm. whether it be WNBA or be WPSL here, people don't show up here. Yes. Yes. That's why the women's game domestically and in so, America sucks. So are you saying that there's no point in having it too? No, I'm not saying that. Because that's supply and demand. Because that means there's not a demand for it. There was a women's team in Madrid, Spain. That's why they bought that team. There was already established team with a fan base there. So Real Madrid was like, why create one if nobody wants us to have one right now? That's the thing. That's the thing. I didn't see no marches talking about where's Real Madrid ladies? Where's Real Madrid ladies? There wasn't. You been in Madrid? I haven't, but I ain't heard nothing. (laughs) I ain't heard nothing. Y'all are silly. Hold on. So that's the thing. So You're it's American like, bias. So, no, it's it's not American bias. It's legitimate about supply and demand. Atlanta United. Atlanta United. One of the best. Oh, oh okay. Best, we can go. Please. Because I know what's going on inside. One of the best teams of in, in MLS, right? There's a demand for a women's team, right? Mm-hmm. But for some reason, that front office feels like there isn't. They cut the checks. Crickets. They cut the checks. Crickets. Crickets. What does crickets mean? What does that mean? No, because you stated there's a demand for there it. There is. So they're just... Go ahead. I'm just saying as far as the prejudices and the bias, you're not going to acknowledge that demand. That's what I'm saying. That's the same thing that happened in Madrid. You're just now acknowledging the demand. Yes. It took time to grow. Bro, okay. So if you talk about investing mm-hmm. into a program, how are you going to grow something if you don't let it be there? True. No boy. You can't plant a tree guys, if you don't put a seed. Guys, y'all, y'all guys, are, y'all guys are, are are upset. We got Kiana on the line with us, man. <laughs> That's cool. Hey, what's up? What is going on, Kiana? How you doing? What's going on? Thank you so much for having me, guys. No problem. No problem. Can you guys hear? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. 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 For some reason the screen like went white. So let me just get this story. Dang, we, we see nothing but darkness behind him. <laughs> Y'all are funny. No, it's... Cool, cool. But yes, like I said, we got, we got Kiana here on the show. It's like I said, like y'all over here just arguing and shit. That's true. That's yes. true. We in company. Yes. My bad. My bad. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. We should have been a little bit more welcoming than that. <laughs> but yes, we're glad to have you on the show. How are you doing, doing tonight? I'm fabulous. Thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it. No problem. Like I said, Kiana Martin here from uh, East Soccer TV, uh, former Atlanta resident here, but she's based up in up in New York with uh, with East Soccer. Uh, tell us about you know, like give us like introduce introduce yourself. Like like what are what is your background in the game and like what are you up to all these days? Well, I'm 
As you mentioned, I'm Kiana Martin. I'm the founder of Eat Soccer, and I travel the world playing soccer. I've spent a lot of time down in South America, in Brazil, Colombia. Spent a brief uh, bit of time in Portugal and England. And so um, I kind of came into the sport a bit uh, non-traditionally. I started playing pickup with, um, well, my mom registered me for soccer and rec leagues when I was like five or six. And I played with all boys, thought it was fun. But then because I grew up in a small town, the sport kind of went away. And I started playing basketball. Long story short, I started playing pickup with guys in L.A., Liked it so much. I read a book on Brazilian soccer principles. I emailed the author, asked if he would train me um, with the ultimate goal of going to play in Brazil. He agreed to train me. I lived with a Brazilian team down in South Florida for a couple of weeks and trained with his team. And then from there, he referred me to a club. And I've kind of been traveling and playing and training ever since. Um, Eat Soccer was You're a million dollar baby. You said, like, I trained the coach. Trained me. I need you. I want to do this. <laughs> Yeah, so pretty much Eat Soccer is born out of my experiences as somebody who's been an out was an outsider to the game and then became uh, an athlete in the game and then a fan and now a super fan and one would say aficionado. So I think there's many different ways, especially here in America, that people are introduced to the sport and Eat Soccer works with brands to be able to connect with those fans at the various points that they are in their fandom. Some people come into the sport because their kids play the sport and we want to be able to support them in that way um, when they become passionate about the game or if they're just learning the game. But then also you have people who were born abroad who bring that passion to the States with them and they follow international leagues and players and things like that. And then you have people who are domestics who grew up playing the game, whether it's through the club system, collegiate system and things like that. And so they have their own unique perspective. And so Eat Soccer tries to do what we can to create content, data tools, and live event experiences to help them celebrate their passion. So in essence, Eat Soccer is always celebrating the game and celebrating its fans. That sounds like a commercial. Yeah, that's a good. That sounds like a great commercial. That's a a nice elevator pitch. I like that. (laughs) So um, with everything that you've been, uh, been doing and I got. I know you had told me like during um we talked a few weeks ago before you went to Europe, uh, that you've been out working out with the uh, with Chelsea Football Club uh, up in New York. Uh, tell, me, tell us a little bit about that. So Chelsea, um, one of the things that they noticed was that um, there were be, there would be these kind of uh, anti-Semitism rallies that would pop up. I think one specifically in Poland, and these people were able to mobilize over the course of a weekend. And it was because they were fans of particular soccer clubs or football clubs. And so they realized, okay, if people can mobilize for anti-Semitism and and racism through um, the football club system, can we get those fans to do the same in embracing unity and anti-Semitism and anti-racism in the sport? And so they selected a couple of uh, countries that they would like to start planting those seeds in, um, in partnership with the World Jewish Congress. And one of those countries um, this year is the United States. And so Eat Soccer proposed an idea. We called it um, Chelsea Culture Club. It's a New York City take on a soccer speakeasy where we could bring together diverse fans of diverse faiths and backgrounds um, who may or may not be Chelsea fans to take in the match in a uh, kind of secret location that has a speakeasy feel to it and also introduce them to the history and culture that is Chelsea. Gotcha, gotcha. Were you ever a Chelsea fan before? 
I am I am one of those people who I'm a fan of the history of clubs and I'm also a fan of players. So I'm not necessarily a Chelsea diehard. Oh, such a, such a politician answer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think I have the the you know, as an American, we have the ability to be able to pop in and pop out with different leagues. We don't have to necessarily feel like I'm a diehard, you know, kind of anything committed because we're all over the place sometimes. So I'm going to kind of lean on that card. Gotcha. So, so you say you're fans of players. So let me ask you, like, if you had a soccer entourage, what are the three players that you would uh, be out with, like, if you were out on the town? Who's dead, your three dead favorite players? On the, on the dead, dead or alive. Dead or alive. Um, Eusebio. Uh, let's see. Marta. And, hmm. Probably Pele. Okay. Okay. Straight Brazil. So, uh, <laughs> so uh, how did you feel after the conclusion of that match in Brazil? Did you, did you shed a tear? I was I was really heartbroken for them. I mean, I'm a fan of France's squad. I feel like they always put together a quality squad. So, you know, <laughs> hats off to them. But I did feel sad because over the years, you've watched Brazil get almost but not quite. And you've seen Marta do so much for the, the sport. And I still feel like there's areas where she could have gotten more just due. And for her to seem like she's on the kind of tail end of that career mm. for them to kind of go out in this way is really kind of disheartening, especially yeah. because, you know, I spent so much time in Brazil and they worked so hard to get people to be able to acknowledge them and support them that it really takes things like championship wins and, and competition wins to be able to Ooh. remain top of mind. And, and a lot of these girls, I mean, honestly, they endure so much with the perceptions of what a female footballer or soccer player is, the biases and things that go against it, the sacrifices that they make and the objections that they have to overcome and the perceptions of what you may or may not be if you participate in the sport. And so I just think, you know, it's, it's sad that they haven't been able to reach that pinnacle yet. Um, but I'm hopeful that, you know, they just have a pipeline of talent. They do. I mean, people just live and breathe it like it is just talking about the weather. So it's inevitable that eventually they're going to be able to make it to the top of the mountain. I watched that speech that she that the interview that she had after after the France game. And I like I watched it like, you know, about four or five times. And like I was just like on the, on the verge of tears because like you could yeah. you could hear just a passion in her voice as far as like, cause just like how she said, like, you know, for me, it's 41, you know, mm -hmm. I, I, I would think that this is probably her last one, but of course, you probably thought <laughs> you that let No, black don't crack. <laughs> you know, Christiane, like, you know, she went out with an injury. I think she's like 34, March yeah. is 35, you know, like that generation is pretty much done and they weren't able to win a world cup. And it's like, okay, what is the Brazilian Federation like really doing to really, you know, enhance the women's program to where they can they can still progress without those players. And, you know, just you could just hear it in her voice as far as like it's almost as if, you know, they're losing something that was great. And you don't know like where it's going to go from here. It's, it's interesting. Okay. There's someone, sorry to interrupt, but 
it was interesting. Someone, I think it was after that game, they asked a question if Marta is one of the you know, issues to go. Mm-hmm. And for me, I've always felt like she was a go. And of course, you know, there's you know, the Mia Hamm is going to be a comparison. You know, Michelle Akers can be a comparison. Um, and someone said the fact that she didn't win anything mm-hmm. counts her out. And the thing I'm like, well, the asterisk on that is that she never got the support. You know, she, I mean, yes, she's in Brazil, which is a soccer, you know, heaven. heaven but at the same time on the women's side of the game, she never really got the support. And that, and that frustration, she not to drop names or anything, but that's something that she expressed to me when I talked to her one-on-one when she was here for the All-Star game, mm-hmm. for, you know, um, back when the Atlanta Beat were here. Mm-hmm. And she expressed that, like, you know, when she goes back home to Brazil, it's like she don't get the same love as where she walks around here in the States. She got more love here in the States than she would get back home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, like, she's, I think she's, like, staying, like, in Orlando full-time. Yeah. Because she says she plays out there with the pride and everything. And... You know, it's 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 frustrating because like we talked about this like during our last studio show, how you know Europe has caught up real fast just in the amount of money they put into their into their women's game. Like you see, like hmm. you go from like 2015 to now, you would not think that there would be so many teams that would be really in contention to win a World Cup now. And it's all because they've invested in their game on a, on a, at a club level to where. You know, you had like you weren't thinking about Spain four years ago. You weren't thinking about Holland four, four years ago. Like they just won their women's Euros a couple years ago. You know, even even Italy, like they they just did just a little bit, and they're now their first time in in the quarterfinals. They they beat uh, uh, China earlier today. Like like they're putting in money, and it's like there's not enough uh, countries that are just saying like, hey, let's put into this game because the bars relatively so low that it doesn't take a whole lot to really become competitive and you know it's it's, it's crazy um now you now, now Keanu, you told us uh that, that you just got back from from europe yourself you were in the can uh, yeah <laughs> i went i participated in the digital pass portion of cons lions festival um talking about how aging brands can reinvent themselves um, Red Bull has done a unique ha- has engaged in a unique partnership um, with a racing team for Formula One and kind of brought a new and well their sense of Red Bull you know limitlessness to the sport and really um, pushing the boundaries of things and so you know they've done that in soccer with um, the football freestyle competitions that they do globally. I mean, they've done that with like the free fall that they did with Felix Baumgartner. So it's like they're marrying science with this whole idea of, you know, Red Bull can give you wings. And so um, we were talking about that kind of in the backdrop of what brands can do in sports and what brands can do just to be able to create avid, rabid fan bases. Now, you were uh, telling me that, you know, you actually got a chance to go, you know, you made a little excursion trip up, up to Nice and, and caught some in the World Cup. Let's, 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 let's hear about it. Like, how, how'd that go? How was that experience? Uh, World Cup in, in Nice? Yeah. It was quite interesting um, because I've been, I've had the opportunity to go to several matches during the Olympics of 2012 when it was in the UK, in Glasgow and Manchester and a couple other places. And so 
I kind of had an opportunity to be able to compare my experiences for the two. And I will say that um, when it comes to at least my experience in Nice for the Women's World Cup, it seemed like it was, the Women's World Cup seems to be an inconvenience. Hmm. Also, hmm. Because I, you know, I purchased a ticket for myself and my stylist, and it was about roughly like forty American dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, about. We stayed at, you know, just to kind of give you context, we stayed at a really, really nice hotel. One of those hotels that you can go in and they can tell you where you need to go for everything. Okay. Um, so when I asked them about, okay, the stadium, you know, because we were in a short time window to get there, no one had a clue about what was going on with the Women's World Cup. And they literally had maybe like three blocks over an area that was supposed to be considered like a fan zone. Oh, wow. So the fact that it was just like pulling teeth to try and find, you know, get the information we need to get where we need to go within probably 30 to 45 minutes to find out that there's no public transportation getting you to the stadium. I paid... 50 euros going and 55 euros coming back. So in total, for one ticket, I spent three times the price of my ticket to attend this match. That's wild. That's wild. And I, you know, and I thought to myself, I said, if this was a men's World Cup, all of the things, what, what other things would have been in place so that this could be a convenience for the fans to go? Right. They just had the Euros there, you know, just what three years ago. I'm pretty sure they probably had no problem whatsoever, you know, say, hey, stadium's right there, fans are over here, like, yeah. you're, you're good to go. Asshole download. To so, show you where where, so, were the residents of Nice like excited? Like, was you know, flags out? Were there any things like that? Or it just seems like it was just a normal day there? No, I actually saw more World Cup fever, interestingly enough in Monaco because the Swedish national team was staying and possibly training um, at AS Monaco. Okay. So I actually happened to see a little more World Cup spirit there than I did in Nice until you got to the stadium. So it was just really interesting how it was just, you know, for, for a city to be that large that you literally had to jump through hoops to get to the stadium and it was one of those matches um sweden versus thailand that if you didn't get there in a timely manner it would have been over it's the probably the most exciting parts because once sweden starts scoring it's going to be kind of downhill from there Mm -hmm. right yeah so even might have been five or maybe like seven minutes late we'd already missed one goal so for me pretty like deflating gotcha gotcha so we we've been we've been, we've been trying to you know save this for her you know when we got this so we're gonna talk about this bar you know, we gonna, we gonna <laughs> yeah, yeah VAR why you call it VAR it's VAR it's acronym it's all depends on where you're from man <laughs> yeah, bar, we're from bar, the same bar, place bar, bar is a bar is a Spanish word for this is bullshit <laughs> but uh but yeah we had a, a lot of controversy with uh, during the Women's World Cup first of all I didn't realize that that this was basically like the first women's tournament that's really used VAR at all. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. VAR is barely three years old in, like, the competitive state, so... But you think about it, like, you go, 
like before they started using it in the World Cup, of course, they used it in in, in all these various places around the world in, in the men's league. Mm-hmm. Like no, none of the women's league use, uses VAR. So basically you're saying, OK, let's drop it in right here and there because we use it for the men. Mm-hmm. So it should be good enough to go ahead and use for the women. Yeah, because I mean, you had you had issues in the Brazil France game yes. with the uh, with the goal that was disallowed. First of all, <laughs> as as our resident keeper, did Barbara have possession? No, no, no. she didn't. I, no, she didn't. No. France should have went up no. early. No, that was that was a bullshit <laughs> call. Like as a keeper, as a as a part of the goalkeeper union, even myself, <laughs> I'd be frustrated with the situation because I was like, damn, I didn't claim the box, I didn't claim the area, I didn't make the call. To get a clear passageway to the ball, mm-hmm. all these checkpoints that she should have gone through beforehand to be able to get to the ball were not checked, and then she never had possession of that. No, I'm sorry. Quick, quick question for you: What has been your opinion of? of I know that FIFA actually had to step in and say, "Okay, let's stop giving." Keepers with yellow cards. Oh, you talking about PKs? Yeah. Well, that's actually a new rule they enacted. No, it's not a new rule. It's not a new rule. They just started finally enforcing it. Yes, they started following it in this tournament. But that's what I said. FIFA was going to crack down. They chose this tournament to start saying we're going to actually start giving cards out for this. You're going to know my opinion from the get-go. Yeah. Like, do you, do you jump off the line? Do you jump off the line? A PK was set up to be scored on. There's no way. Like... As a goalkeeper, it's all on the kicker to miss. Mm-hmm. So as a goalkeeper, my whole thing is you're doing any and everything you can do to get to that ball or make them miss. So just like um, what's the keeper's name from uh, um, oh Chile? Oh, oh crap, shit. She's a beast, Edison. She's American. Ed- She's American. Um, Edison. Ed- what was her name? Ed- I can't remember her last name. But the same thing when she was talking to the U.S. You know, um, she was talking to um. What was it Carly Lloyd who took yeah. that PK and she was talking to her or whatever and got in her head and Carly Lloyd missed, right? Mm-hmm. So as a keeper, you learn to try to do any trick you can to get an advantage over anybody because it is set up for a keeper to get scored on. Yeah. I'm sorry. So when you people talk about no, so, you talk, so remember, like all right, so now Rihanna Scurry, who is the GOAT for me, one of the GOATs for me, her claim the fame was stopping that PK and she stepped off her line too. Yeah. She would have gotten yellow carded for that. Which is so you're gonna go down hit. I mean, like, let's let's be real. Like, to take a step, that's your only way as a keeper to have some chance, some chance, because you're not meant. So, to give yellow cards, it's bullshit. Sorry. Yes, I know I'm part of union. I'm a card carrying member. <laughs> <laughs> but it's BS to start carding for taking a step. So, now you can. I'm okay with retaking the PK, mm-hmm. which I think actually helps. Because it gets more in the kickers now. Mm-hmm. Sorry. My opinion. Sorry. I got my. Yeah. I got this tech box. So, so other, other controversial VAR situations, Gregor? Yes. Cameroon and England. Yeah. So, Kiana, how, uh, did you see the Cameroon-England match? I did not, but I have heard quite a bit about it. So, so give us kind of your opinion, how you feel. Like, everyone's attacking the Cameroon uh, national team, saying they were unprofessional, and yada, yada, yada. Like, from what you heard, what is your take on it? I think, I think there's this, and I wouldn't say rightfully so, there's just this perception that 
certain teams from certain countries are not going to get the same types of breaks. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, when you have that feeling of the cards are stacked against you and maybe you're not always on the world's biggest stage, that if you're not prepared for those things happening, that maybe, you know, when you have meltdowns on smaller stages, people don't see it. But then when it's on a bigger stage like this, it becomes magnified. So, I mean, I understand their frustrations. They probably could have handled it in a better manner. Um, but to crucify them over it, um, I don't know, might be a bit much in my opinion. But I just think, like, when it comes to, like, the VAR stuff and some of these, you know, enforcement of the new rules, like, I think you should roll it out in qualifiers and, and friendlies and things like that before you just start putting it on, you know, the biggest stage for these, you know, competitions that happen once every four years. That I find oftentimes that FIFA likes to kind of use the women's competition as like the test of me. But yeah. at, just at the wrong time, whether it's people, you know, talking about the artificial turf, that was kind of the thing last time. Now it's the BAR and some of the, you know, questionable calls from the referees. You know, so, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, you want the best referees in place. You want to be able to have tools that don't take away from the game, but help to enhance the game. And, you know, some people complain that, you know, it's just stopping, you know, the match, the quality of play, and really just kind of having an adverse effect and, and kind of putting a, you know, a mark or two on the, on the competition. So I just think um, people should be as mindful of that um, with the women's game as they are with the men's game. I think the biggest thing, at least from from my point of view, is like, especially like because they play, they were playing England and like the the feedback, all the coverage that they got like afterwards, like basically like you know you're trashing Cameroon and you know basically making it out to be like these, you know, just somebody that should not be in the. Well, Gary Neville set the narrative right yeah. as soon as the game yeah. ended. He was like. My girls were right. These they, girls were savages they were, on they how they professional. Yeah, how they performed. Every young girl in the world are looking at y'all. Shame, and you're an embarrassment to the game. And as soon as he said that, that is when the media went crazy. They, they went, ate, ate that he, shit all up. He vilified those girls, but like I watched their tournament. Colonizer. The whole time. Sorry. Yeah, it's <laughs> I, like I, I watched their tournament, and they they got there were suspect calls in the nether. I mean, in the New Zealand match, mm -hmm. there were suspect calls when they played the Netherlands. So it's like like it was three games in the row that these women went through to make it through the group stages then they get to the round of 16 which they've never been mm -hmm. and they get hit again it's like i mean what else do we have to do to get fair treatment in this because tournament? they because they got to go to they caught they got called back for mm -hmm. offsides which basically <laughs> england did the exact same thing yep and and that goal was loud and i think that like you said like you know you had those games in the group stages where you had calls go against them like it's basically like you had a you reached a point to where everything was boiling over. It's like, okay, mm -hmm. like, like at what point do you say, stop, like, you know, just tell the truth. You yeah. know, like, like they said, like, that's but, the question. like, tell the truth. But, but that's the thing, though. It's like it, being an AFCON nation, it's like they haven't accomplished enough where they get kind of that fair treatment. Like when you look mm -hmm. at the NBA, how certain yeah. star players yeah. get the calls they want. Mm -hmm. The AFCON nations in this tournament, as well as in the men's game, they haven't accomplished enough where there's like, oh, let me take another look at this. Right. 
So until, like we always talk about, until there's more money dumped into these programs in Africa, mm-hmm. this stuff is going to happen. There's going to hear this bias. Like the commentators bias against uh, like Cameroon, Nigeria. Um, I was just like, it, it. to me, I was like, why is there a bias against these countries, these teams that have been in these tournaments? Well, it's since? funny that you mentioned that because uh, Grant Wall had a, uh, did a uh, piece over the weekend. It's like, you ever, like, you always hear about, you know, how black players are always described as strong and powerful and, yeah. you know, and they're, they're freak athletes. athletes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're, they're, never, they're really never, t- never referred to as smart and a tactician. And, no, uh, you don't get the scrappy, uh, Adjectives and everything. We don't get like the Pirlo adjectives. We get, you know, the Mane adjectives. Yeah, it's a good runner. So, of course, we got the 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 U.S. That's like I said, it's just it's them against the Europeans. And uh, what what was your uh, take on the game from what Monday? Yeah, Monday. Monday. Yeah. Spent this against Spain. Yes. You know, I think it it showed where they can have lapses in judgment. I don't think uh, that if they don't correct that, that's not going to serve them going forward. Especially, you know, I'm looking towards probably a Germany face-off. That's in the final. That's what like everyone's talking about about the France game. I'm like, people need to pay attention to what's what's happening with Germany. Oh, Germany's been like flying on the radar. Bulldog. (laughs) Well, I don't know if they've been flying under the radar because if you really, I mean, they're really like. Oh, I mean, they're already because everyone's always talking about, you know, like I said, it's basically though, like they're talking about the USA France game, like that's going to be basically the de facto World Cup final. I'm like, you need to pay attention to Germany, like you know that because they're over on the other side of the bracket. It's like, hey, they're basically they're having they're having no problems with anyone right now. I think that you know, given how they went out against us during the last World Cup, I Mm -hmm. think that. And given how things have kind of gone with women's club soccer in, in Europe, how France has kind of dominated club soccer in, in Europe the past few years, mm-hmm. I think Germany's kind of, kind of in some ways, they have come, kind of flown on, under the radar, but they're coming back with a, with a vengeance. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, I think to to underestimate them, especially since they don't have, they kind of have a, 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 a largely clear path to the, to the finals and everything, mm-hmm. outside of like maybe Holland. But yeah, yeah. I think that you know, I don't think anyone wants to play them right now. Like I said, yeah, I think all of those matches, though, um, as we continue the tournament, are going to be very interesting to watch. So, 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 yeah, so, like the U, like Spain got that that uh, quick goal on them. Um, I think yeah, they just going to have to be mindful of of things like lapses in judgment and things like that. It's another reminder that that Adriana France should be starting. Yeah, we've been talking about that. But in the fringe game, I mean, the U.S. had three days less rest than Spain had. Like, they put in um, uh, Rapino and not Rapino, they put in, um, what's her name? Uh, Which position? uh, Ford. Um, Carly Lloyd. Carly Lloyd, not not Lloyd. It was, uh, what's her name? The K. Yeah, Alex Morgan and then... um, God, I can't think of her name. Anyway, they put in two fresh players into the game, into the lineup. We didn't play in the previous la- in the previous match. Mm-hmm. So you had to adjust to that, right? You had the exhaustion from that. They played like Jill Ellis didn't do a substitution until like the end. end. So you had exhaustion throughout the whole match. Right. We kind of started off the episode. We were talking about that's where you kind of need the youth to run against a young Spain team. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, and that, that was what I kind of noticed my take on the team. Everyone's like the United States is everyone saying they're the favorite. We are because we have the depth. Everyone doesn't yeah. have the depth we have. That's true. Yeah, a lot yeah. of these other teams in this tournament, especially right now to the Sweet Eight, it's a lot of players. They don't have much depth. That's one thing they have. That's one weakness that they have against them. That's one thing that France has is that they got depth. Uh, mm-hmm. they, they do have depth, but France went to a, to the wall against Brazil. They, Brazil. they laid everything on the line against Brazil. I don't know if they're going to have those legs to run on Friday, but we'll see. It was against Brazil, though. Again. Yes. So like, and it's it's going to be interesting. Let's just say uh, like, But, no, it takes me back to, like, so earlier this week, earlier in the episode, they were talking about how the United States are really aren't um, going to go as deep as they say we're gonna go. My co-hosts say. How do you feel, Kiana? I think we think we'll me. make it to the final. Was it just you? I think it was no, just me. I, 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 I think I was by think, myself. I think France got. I think France got, got it on Friday. Well, I think here's the thing. I think um, for a long time the program has had an idea of American exceptionalism, um, but I think other countries have been able to have their number um, with technical ability and the development of leagues and players being able to come to the U.S. to play collegiately or play in the leagues and then go play That's a really big thing there, yeah. So I think, you know, for a long time, if you've looked at kind of like the progression of U.S. soccer, it was really dependent on, you know, Title IX and things like that. And now that you have other countries developing their technical talent much, much more in the way that they are with the men's team, it's going to be really interesting to see. You just can't take for granted that they're going to be able to run away with it or, or perform like they did in Canada. I think on any given day, you might see a different U.S. women's team show up. I don't think they are invincible. Um, I do see them pairing off against Germany for the final, but that with the understanding that they're showing up and not having lapses in judgment. If France can catch them, then yeah. So Jersey's basically taking U.S. Yeah. So yeah, I, mean, I hope with the U.S.A. Jersey, <laughs> in so many words, it's like yeah. So I do agree though. I'm, I think I'm, I, root, honestly, I I'm think a root for the home squad. I'm a root yeah. for the home squad, but I have a a serious appreciation for the French team. Yeah, they feel really great players. I appreciate the development of the women's game in the world, and you know, I honestly think this will be the last cup the women's team wins in a while. Until U.S. like this is going to be like maybe this could be the wake up call the U.S. soccer needs to revamp the whole entire system. Did we just? But talk- but no, but no, that's what I'm saying. This was going to be the last time we win, and then when we go to the Women's World Cup in isn't it in Brazil next time? I sure heard it's trying to looking at uh, Australia for 2023. Australia, I'm never watching that. Australia. <laughs> <laughs> But honestly, honestly, I think that next World Cup, is. I don't see we have the opportunity because the women's game will be fully developed in the world in the next four years. But here's the thing. I mean, you think it takes a wake-up call for that to happen, but look how many wake-up calls that the men's team has received and they still haven't changed. I just feel like it takes more than just a wake-up call. An evaluation of kind of the underpinning of your system. And that kind of speaks to, like, for instance, the soccer in the streets and the players who play in the inner city who may not be able to, you know, make their way to club teams to be able to work through the pipeline. And so I think there just has to be a serious come to Jesus moment. I'm not sure if it's going to be this tournament, but at some point it's going to happen. 
because you have the Japans and the Brazils and, and the Spades and, and girls who are playing at very high levels that once they get their shot, they're really going to make a go of it. Well, that goes right back to, well, uh, actually, that, and that's, that's why I'm kind of glad that we went back and used the women's episode from last week because, like, we talked about that producer, how, man. you know, we we had <laughs> <you're funny. laughs> um, you know we, we had we had the conversation like back uh, back in march and like how you know you saw all the changes that were supposedly made after the women the men's club that made the world cup last year and but at the same time if the same thing happened to the women's like like would people would everyone make the same type of changes i'm like the women's team is where the, the standard is and it's like they they won't even really say okay if the women's don't make the world women wouldn't make the world cup one year nothing would change i'm like what so what would take what would take actual change for the women to be like okay we actually need to show up and catch up to everyone else because mm-hmm. right now everyone's kind of moving at a much faster pace than what we're doing right now yeah so let me ask you one final question um this is you know our podcast we talk about kind of the intersection of black culture and soccer um that's kind of our mission here with uh for the culture podcast uh kind of what is your opinion on how we get you know more young black uh boys and girls into this game and they actually stay in the game uh, you know you you look at the you 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 10 and below there's a lot of us you could say that but once they get up above that level when it gets really competitive where they start developing that technical skill they kind of drop off and then like yourself go play basketball or you know go play football and things like that what do we need to do to get more of us to be playing I think you have to make it more convenient. There's always this air of inconvenience when it comes to the sport in the U.S. I mean, if you think about it, soccer camps are way more expensive than basketball camps. Um, It's not once you move past the kind of like the rec level, you know, it can't be, you know, a serious dad coaching a really great all African-American girls squad without him being questioned about his credentials, does he have the licenses, things like that. I understand like there's certain things you should know, but it's like I've heard enough stories about people harping on, does this person have a license? These girls can't have this person as a coach, you know, things like that. And so being able to have people see more of themselves in the communities playing the sport is really what's going to build a groundswell for it because Every culture that I've been to is that if you see it out in the street, you're going to see it on the TV and eventually you're going to see them in starring roles. And so there has to be this. people have to continue to see it and you have to continue to put it out there and they have to continue to see people like yourselves or me in the communities, teaching them tricks, teaching them how to do things and then take them the next step of being able to get them into these camps onto these teams and then moving that way. One of the things I really loved about being in Atlanta is that there's a couple of leagues that are all, you know, African-American minority programs where kids can really be celebrated. And there's hundreds of kids out there playing on Saturdays um, with clubs. And I think as people continue to support those things, now you have a whole new crop of parents um, having their kids in the sport and following the sport. And because a lot of these kids like play FIFA. I used to have so many kids come up to me because they would see me training or they would train, you know, football people. And they're like, hey, I play FIFA, but they don't feel comfortable telling people outside of their culture that they know what they know about soccer. So being able to get those people playing FIFA to translate 
those skills on the field or on, you know, the, you know, the black top and, and learning how to do tricks and skills and stuff like that. I think that's just how you get more people in the game. Yeah, we see you get some, some pretty good use out of your Atlanta United jersey. I'm like, you need to come back down here and come and come chop it up with us. Yeah, I'm going to do that. I, you know, I hear it's like the club down there. So, <laughs> you know, somebody. the funny thing is I had somebody bring me that jersey because it's like I want to represent the A. I used to live there. I'm originally from South Carolina. So I wear all these other jerseys. I might as well collect that. So I wear it a lot because I love Atlanta. It's been good to me. And so, yeah, I want to represent. So, yeah, I hope to make it down there and, you know, chop it up with you guys. Absolutely. Well, yes, Kiana, thank you for, for coming on with us. Uh, where can where they, where they catch you on, on the socials? They can catch me at Eat Soccer TV on Instagram. And, um, yeah, that's mainly where we live. Cool, and, then, cool, you know, send, send me a message at Eat Soccer TV at Gmail. And, yeah, we just try to keep it. Keep soccer in rotation for people in every way, shape, or form. So that's what's, that's what's up. Well, yes, thank you for coming on. I say it's, it's, it's been an absolute pleasure uh, talking to you. Legendary. So we appreciate you showing up. Thank My you so pleasure. much. Thank you for having me. See y'all later. Y'all take it easy. And we are back. Thanks for Kiana for coming on the show. You you look like you like are you starstruck? Hey, she's awesome to me. Like if, when she comes to Atlanta, like she got a spot at the frat house to record with us. I put you on. That's all I gotta say. I you did. You did. I told man. you. I put you on. Yeah, she's awesome, man. Like it, like seriously, you guys follow the movement. Um, give a, give the social again, Grego. Yes, Eat Soccer TV. You can catch her on there, Instagram, uh, Twitter. I think she also has a YouTube channel as well. So yeah, yeah, definitely uh, check her out. Um, I, I I've been I hyped it up on the social media on on Tuesday. I got a special announcement to make. Um, of course, for, for those of you who have listened to us, you know we we've always hyped up our our. our family up in up in Madison, Wisconsin, Fort Madison, and they have a supporters group up there, Featherstone Flamingos, uh, Chris Fox, Eva Cadea, Cal Carr. Uh, what we are about to do, starting by the time that you listen to this on Wednesday, we're going to have a link up. We, are, uh, we have designed our first scarf. And it is partnered up with uh, Featherstone. It only makes sense to partner up with the coldest city in fucking America. Well, the funny, of course, scarf. The, the funny thing is, it's a, it's a summer scarf. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah. By the time that you that, that you hear this on Wednesday, so whether it's Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, it will it will be up. We are doing pre-orders for the uh, Featherstone scarf. It is black, pink, and blue uh, in the in the regular. Uh, Ford Madison colors. Uh, you'll see it online. You'll be able to order it uh, on both on our website at ftcutd.myshopify.com. You can also go to the Ford Flock, which is like their parent uh, supporters group of uh, Ford Madison at uh, fwdflock.com. Uh, either way, you'll be able to to uh, go on there and we uh, order take a scarf. pilgrimage, man, north of the wall, man. We gotta go check them out. They've That's showed, way north of the wall. Yeah, they've showed nothing. That's Harm Hall up there. Like they've showed Wait, nothing. So I got 
do I wear Tim's up there or what? What, what do you wear? Tim's, I think Tim's will be appropriate. L- listen, Madison group, let us know the the appropriate shoes we need to wear so we can plan this trip. Are they gonna wear like? Is it like culture's coming? I got like you know, on the field like you kind of laugh at the players that wear gloves or long sleeves when it's mm-hmm. cold out. Like, mm-hmm. Is it the same thing? We need to know the whole <laughs> like. We need to know all the logistics of what's appropriate and not appropriate. But yes, we are. We're we're, we're partnering up with uh, actually a local local group here, American Football Provisions. They they do a, a very good job with uh, scarves here in Atlanta. They've done uh, some scarves for Terminus Legion and a couple of different different scarves here in the city of Atlanta. But yeah, um, they're going to go for twenty five dollars uh, each scarf. Uh, the uh, the pre order will run from tomorrow. The the 26th of June up until the end of Fourth of July weekend, which is the seventh, which is the same day as the Women's World Cup final, the Cup of America final, Gold Cup final, my final, my buddy final, everybody's final. I think my FIFA final is happening. Like I got a final going on in my season. Yeah, yeah man, that should be my guy. So yes, from <laughs> 26 to to the seventh of July, you'll be able to uh, to catch that. Uh, of course, you'll definitely be. Uh, hearing a lot, a lot from us on our social media, you know, promoting that. So yes, you know, show, the, show your support for the for Featherstone Flamingos. I uh, hope um, thinking that by the time the the pre order ends, takes about two weeks to um, to process. Uh, you'll start seeing them out uh, out your way probably by the end of uh, of July, towards the end of yeah, by the end of July. So yeah, I'm so excited to, to, to see these. Nah, if that, I'm excited. I finally got Lane United. With the FTC name set, yeah, you did. It's nice wow. too. I know. Right? We finally got you on the on the eleven team stripes. I, I'm proud of you, man. Eleven, <laughs> like the eleven. <laughs> That's our new name, the Elevens. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, yeah. Finally, finally hooked you up. You know, Stoddish, you you, you, you that, that get you some some more swag, right I, I do. I I need I need some new kits in my uh, wardrobe. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna let you lace it up. Man. Time out. You know if if. If New Mexico wins, right? Because mm-hmm. who they play next round? Minnesota United. That's right. That's right. That's, that's right. Quite a possibility. Light work. And then there's Easy. One, and there's one other uh, Lord Division club still St. remaining. St. Louis. And they're coming here. St. Louis. They're coming. coming to us. Yeah, they're coming to us. Yeah. Kennesaw. Kennesaw. But yeah, close enough. Hey, I'm selling my tickets. <laughs> I ain't going, man. So if, if New Mexico, you already got your New Mexico kit, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's yeah. that away? Is the white? Is the away white? It's, 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 yeah, it's white. Yeah, I wear. I wish. I wish I had a different color. Negro, right? Hello, <laughs> Negro. Because the because the away jersey isn't as fancy it's as not. the black one. It's not. It's, it's not. Like, it's like because the black the, the color the colors pop. We gotta there. figure something. If New Mexico, let's say if New Mexico gets to the semis, I might be cutting that check to get that ticket against LAFC. Okay. Oof. Okay. I might cut that check to Oof. go out there. I ain't gonna lie to you. I'm not lying to you. We make it to the semis, man. Your boy's gonna be out there. I, I gotta link up with with my New Mexico United fans, man. I, I, I got to, man. See what's like out there supporting the club. I thought that uh, you know, we were supposed to be floating our guys into the into the All Star game. We got like five guys going to All Star. How did you know? I love How? Pitt. Like that, that's a damn How? good question because Pity. You know, yeah, yeah. I mean, I love Pity, but no, seriously, no, seriously. How is Schweinsteiger? How? Duh. Yeah. And he was a he was a, a chosen. Yeah, he was a coach. Name, yeah, he was yeah, he wasn't a name brand. Name brand. But it's it's so weird though because like you know jo- Joseph had Joseph had the like choke a donkey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Joseph Joseph got picked up by but a he, coach, but he wasn't already voted. And I'm like, 
see, that's what happens when you get all these DPs that you know. It's like you gotta get you gotta get Eber in, you gotta get Rooney in. It's like yeah, like even Nani, I'm like really. I, like, but Nani's been balling this year, and he's and he's, a, and he's the one Orlando. Nani, uh, are you okay? Are you okay? Are you okay, Nani? <laughs> <laughs> yes, but no, Nani's balling. Nani deserves his, his pick. You know, Nani. Got to have somebody to represent the home club. I there guess there should be like a press pick too. I think the NBA All Star does. There should mm. be like a press pick. I think like, they have a commissioner's they, pick. They have the commission. That's bullshit. There should be. They should give it to the press to actually pick. Three players. I think that would be good. I know, I'm, I'm calling Wando as a, as a commissioner's pick by default because I'm like, Oof. yeah. Oof. Outside of that one, Oof. outside of the game where he broke the record, I'm like, he ain't done shit. <laughs> I see, yeah. But. Are y'all okay with the NBA awards? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I am. I, I, Gian- I, Gian- I, yeah, honestly, team well, records well, matter. Okay, home team, Luca over Trey, rookie year. He Luca played well, played Luka. well the entire season. Luca did have Trey just had the second Trey half. Last, yes, yeah, third. Luca had a better overall season last the year. the entire season. But I think this year is Trey's breakout year. This year, you know, the Hawks had had a half. Had, had Hawks a, had a, well, the Hawks won a pretty good draft. Yeah, the, yeah. Draft, the Hawks had a great draft. They got yeah. rid of Bazemore. Bazemore. Like, I read that contract. Yeah, that, that contract. <laughs> yeah, that contract's cut. So it's like, cool. Now you can get some support. We still need a big man. And yeah, no, that's one thing we don't I mean, have. Well, no, because because Barrett's a three or a four. Deadman, we got Deadman's seven footer and this. this and reddish. Yeah, Deadman's gonna be. It's gonna be interesting if they sign that contract because he's a legit seven footer. Mm-hmm. But if you sign that, then we have like the only operating room I think we have is like thirteen mil because they know they're gonna sign Vince Carter. Yeah. Because Vince is, I mean, he's on his farewell tour. Yeah. Right. And he loves Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Atlanta loves him. And he performed. He, he, and his name is Carter. I mean, it, come it, but on. He, but he still had a decent Can you call the cuz up and get him on the show? I'm just saying. Hey, listen. Think about it. You got the same last name. Carter is mama's main name. Guess what her mama's main, main name is? What's Robinson. It? What's my mama's main name? Robinson. It's the same. I'm saying you need to do ancestry job. <laughs> no, right? <laughs> <laughs> But uh, this was a good episode. Guys. Absolutely, uh, and you know, like we just like how we we talked about last, we posted the um, the episode. Well, the our appearance on on Clay Sports Talk Radio on Monday. Yeah, make sure that you check that out because, like I said, we we got a chance to kind of stretch our our wings and you know talk about stuff other than soccer. You know, like we see football. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's where y'all lost me. At, <laughs> I was holding my own, but I was like, "Boy, I say the AFC West." I said, "I said, where the hell is that at?" <laughs> Luckily, I'm a Raiders fan, yeah. so I, that, I was all up in it. So that kind of worked out. Yeah, but yeah, but like yeah, make sure that you check out uh, that episode. Thanks, famous fees for having us on. Yeah, yeah. actually, like they had a, they had a lot of good feedback from from that um, like back at the radio station. So I'm hoping that uh, we'll be able to get that do that again sometime soon. But Shout out to his uh, radio. Co- like host another show. <laughs> I want to find out her name. If anybody can let us know for my homeboy, you know, hit us up at FTCUTD. You know, <laughs> I'm just joking. This is all I gotta say. But so anyway, yeah. <laughs> hey, listen, we rambling now, man. That's been a complaint of our episode. They say when we get to the end, we just ramble, man. But the uh, like I said, you know, look out for the for the Featherton scarves uh, on. Well, when the when this episode releases, it'll already be up. Are y'all going to the game on Saturday? Are you going to the game on Saturday? I might be at the tailgate. Okay, because there's some hey, there's some big stuff. There's big news. We coming. got foot, footies back. 
It's been so long. I know. There, there's there's some big announcements happening with Soccer Streets on sun, uh, Saturday. Can we can we can we do a, a tailgate out there? Can we can we record? What do like awesome. a culture tailgate? Yeah, like like no, I'm saying like like no. Remember how we did from MLS Cub? How we recorded an episode? Can we can we do that? Maybe. <laughs> Kind of like, we'll, like, talk, we'll talk in post-production. You, know, <laughs> you, know, you know, getting Ringo out to a tailgate, that's, that's hard work. We got daddy dudes. I have no kids for the next 30 days. I know, so you if got- y'all want to party with your boy, hit me up at the Ringo Show on Twitter and Instagram. But, let me know. But yes, uh, in the meantime, you know, I, as always, catch us on the socials at FTC. UTD. You know, Check out the the new the Featherstone scarf at ftcutd.myshopify.com. Uh, catch us on the socials. I, I, I really don't know what else to say. Like I said, it's been a, it's been a damn good episode. I'm really am proud of it. You know, thank y'all for the support. You know, we really do appreciate it. You know, our, our, our names getting out there. Like we're doing some good shit. So we're hoping to do some good shit for you guys. So you know, for until then, for Ringo, for Coach, for me. You know, the coach is real. The coach is everywhere. Literally. Everywhere. Support, Everywhere. Support, 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 support. Yes, well, we'll catch y'all next support week. Black business, That's right. Coach is real, and we out of here. <laughs>